So good to be with you this morning. Hey, are you ready to say yes? Yes. yes. Okay, you're ready to say yes. That's good. You don't even know what we're talking about yet, and you're all ready to say yes. That's good. That is good. We've opened up 2020 by just saying, hey, we want to say yes to Jesus. I, come, I have come, and I want to say yes. Whatever it is, I want to say yes. And we have walked through a number of places in your life and mine where we need to say yes to Jesus, where we have said, and sometimes many of you have even written on a piece of paper, I said yes. And sometimes saying yes, we've discovered, means picking something up that we hadn't had before, taking on a new responsibility, uh, picking up a new role. Uh, sometimes saying yes means we have to lay something down. We've got to deny ourselves something. We have to sacrifice and surrender. The last two weeks, we came together and we said, hey, when we say yes to Jesus, it means that we gather around what he has said in his word, and, and no matter what it is, no matter how we feel about it, uh, we're going to do it. We're going to gather up and say yes, whether that's my initial yes or my continued yes, I'm going to say yes to Jesus. Now, in all the yeses that we've said, we haven't really addressed one of the key obstacles to saying yes to Jesus. Uh, there's this obstacle that is out there for all of us that could be absolutely detrimental. I mean, it could absolutely shut down our yes. Uh, there's a tether out there that, if we're not careful, we will always be tied to this post. Have you ever played tetherball? It's a great game, but it's so simple, right? I mean, it's basically a ball tied to a post. It's great, great game. The problem for us is if this is who you are, if this is your life, you're not going very far. And there's a problem when we say yes to Jesus, but we're tied to a tether. You're just dying to know what this tether is, aren't you? Jesus talked about it a lot, actually. One of the biggest obstacles to our yes to Jesus one of the biggest tethers that keeps us tied to a post that's unhealthy for us is our understanding of our money, is our understanding of our possessions. You see, this is you. You're, you're dying to say yes to Jesus. You've been coming to church the last four weeks. You've been going, I'm ready. Uh, sign me up. Where's the baptistry? Uh, oh, where do I need to surrender to Jesus? I am ready to say yes. And yet Jesus, more than any other thing, he talked about money. Jesus talked about money, in fact, more than he talked about heaven. Why? Uh, because I think if Jesus said, hey, there's not going to be any heaven, uh, some of us would go, eh, okay. But if Jesus said, there's not going to be any money, we would pout. Be, why? Because we're tied to a tether of our finances. Right? 
We end up being like a little dog on a chain, right? God says, I want you to come over here. I want you to say yes to me. And we begin to say, yes, I want to go to where Jesus wants me. And we start running, and it goes, Why? Because our money can be an obstacle. It can be a tether that keeps us from where God wants us to go. Actually, on one occasion, when Jesus was talking about people who are ready and willing to say yes, when he was talking in an instance of, of, of this great news that he had for people and the opportunity that anybody has to plant that good news in people's lives, uh, he said, hey, there's something out there that there's going to be people that want to say yes and their wealth and the deceitfulness of wealth is going to hold them back. It's going to be like a tether and they're just going to keep going around the post of their own finances. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus, Jesus tells this story of a parable, and I want you to just hear the words of Jesus. Don't hear me, hear Jesus. In verse 22, he says, Matthew 13, not Matthew 12. It's always nice when you look on the right page. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, Listen, this is someone who wants to say yes. They hear the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, making it unfruitful. Jesus is saying, hey, uh, all of us, all of us in this room who are, have come and we have said, I want to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to sign on the dotted line. Jesus, I'm going to say yes to you. Jesus says, there is this enormous obstacle in your way, and if you don't address it, you will always be held up by it. And it's your money. And it's your possessions. And it's what you most long after it's your treasure. So this morning, as we close out this sermon series, I said, yes, I want to address with you this large obstacle in our way. I want to address the thing, and I want you and I to hear from Jesus the choices that we have to make in regards to our money. You see, Jesus very clearly is going to lay out a set of choices for us. And this kind of choice isn't really about, like, uh, are you going to have Cheerios or mini wheats for breakfast, okay? It's not that kind of choice. It, it's more along the lines of, are you going to root for the Chiefs or the Niners kind of choice, okay? I mean, it, it, it's, it, there, there is no middle ground here. Either you're going to go for one or you're going to go for the other, but you can't have them both. That's the kind of choice that Jesus is laying out for us. And some of you, some of you are going to leave with a rock in your shoe because, because you're going to want your money and Jesus. And I'm just going to tell you right up front, Jesus is going to say that you can't have both. In fact, you're going to have to pick one. So if you're interested in saying yes to Jesus and overcoming an obstacle and freeing yourself from a tether, 
then I want you to open up with me in the Bible and hear what Jesus has to say. Let's go to Matthew, okay? If you don't have a Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 6. Reach out and grab one. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew is the, the very first book in our New Testament. So if you are in Malachi, and that's the last book of the Old Testament, Matthew is right after that, and we're going to be in chapter 6, okay? So about halfway through your Bible, maybe, maybe a little more than that, three quarters of the way, Matthew, and we're going to be in chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus comes out and he, he gives us a set of choices. He sets up a series of contrasts. And he warns us, he, he guides us. There's no mistaking where Jesus wants us to go. There's no mistake that the kind of choice that Jesus wants us to make, but he's, he's, he's telling us that if we're not careful, our money will always inhibit our yes to Jesus. We will never be as free as we desire to be with Jesus if we're tied to our money. So, Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 19. Jesus says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin. I love that new translation. I don't know what your translation says. Maybe some of your translations there were moth and rust. I love this. Where moth and vermin. Where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moths and vermin don't destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. The eye is a lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he's going to hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus gives us three sets of contrasting choices. He says there's two ways to live life. Are you going to be tethered to your money or aren't you? You can only pick one. And he begins and he says, hey, you can choose earth. I mean, he doesn't want us to. He's very clear about that. In verse 19, he says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. And then he says, where moth or rust in some translations, and where moth or vermin are destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Here's what Jesus says in verse 19. He says, you can choose to have your treasure on earth. Go right ahead. Have a ball. But you need to know that if you choose to put your treasure on earth, it's always going to wear out. Because everything on earth is going to wear out. I brought a pair of shoes with me this morning. You know, I really liked these shoes. I, I got to tell you. Are, are anybody else like me with shoes? Right, you find the right pair, and, and you're just, man, you just want to wear that pair forever. 
And it doesn't matter what happens because, you know, your feet kind of feel comfortable in them and you're like, oh, yeah. And then, and then if your spouse is like mine, they look at you and say, it's time. And, I mean, there is a part of you, like, there's a deep sadness in your heart, isn't there? If you're like me, I'm being serious, right? There's some deep sadness in your heart. You're like, but I really like those. I like those shoes. When I put my feet in them, they just feel so good. You know what these shoes are now? They're mower shoes. That's why they're all grody and green. That's what you do with shoes that wear out. They become lawnmower shoes. And then when you go get new shoes and those shoes wear out, then the old lawnmower shoes, you have a funeral for them. And you put them in the trash can. Everything on earth wears out. Everything. I like movies. Um, now, some of you don't think I like the right movies, and that's okay. Okay? I'm okay with that. But... In the, the mid-80s, okay, the mid-80s, there was this, there was this uh, movie that came out. It was like the first movie that I got to go to the theater to go to, which I was really excited about. The first one I remember. And it was called Flight of the Navigator, okay? And it was awesome! It was so cool! And... And I mean, there was like this spaceship and the silver thing and the kid inside, and I wanted to be that kid flying around in this super cool spaceship. And then I, I go to watch it with my kids. <laughs> yeah, you get it. And I am like, guys, this is just the neatest thing ever. And they're like, Dad, this is so lame. And part of it, honestly, was there's this one scene where they're going to the, like the NASA base where everything is, and this guy, literally, I almost, he pulls out like a, a, a microwave from, his, from down here, and he holds it up to his head, and it happens to be a phone. <laughs> you know what that means? Everything on earth wears out. Everything gets old. Everything. Movies get old. Shoes get old. Have you ever bought a new car? You've been excited about that car, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you'll buy a, a new used car, new to you, okay? And you're excited about it, right? You sit in it. You're like, hey. You might show your friends, yeah, we got a new car. Look at this. They might even come and sit inside of it. You might even let them drive it, Right? And, and then, then a year or two goes by, and you start putting on the miles, and like a bearing goes out or something, or a belt slips off, or the muffler falls off, and it sounds like, you know, a bazooka everywhere you go. And I mean, just a couple years ago, you were like, this is my baby. This is my car. I love this thing. I, I want to show it to my friends. And now, now you're like, I got to pay somebody to take this thing, right? And what does that tell us? It tells us exactly what Jesus is telling us. 
Hey, if you put your treasure in the wrong place, it's going to wear out. So you have to decide today whether or not your treasure is going to be on earth. Because if your treasure, if you decide that your treasure is worth putting on the earth, then you need to know something really, really important that Jesus has to say, and that is that your treasure is going to wear out. Just like my pair of shoes, just like your car that you're going to have to take to the dump someday, right? It's all going to wear out. So choose wisely. Choose wisely. And he doesn't just say, hey, uh, you can choose earth. He, he has a better option. Notice what he says in verse 20. He says, you can do it on earth, but he says, verse 20, Store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin don't destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. Whoa, wait a minute. Jesus, are you telling me that I can store up my treasure, not on earth, but in a place where, where nothing wears out? Yeah, that's what Jesus is saying. He said there's, there's a place where God is where he dwells, where what you treasure most can be held and never wear out, ever, where the movies don't get old, where that same pair of shoes is still there in the morning. And he is, he is asking us, he's pleading with us, hey, make the right choice. Where's your treasure going to be? Are you going to be tied to this tether forever? Are you going to be tied to the tether of your money and your finances forever? Are you just going to keep pulling, hoping that one day it'll just work differently? No. He says, if you're tied to earth, you're just going to keep going around the pole. You're just going to keep going around the pole because everything's going to wear out. You want to be free? You want to know what that's like? You don't want, you don't want to be tied to a post anymore? He says, there, there's a place for that, and it's not on earth. He says, you, you got to look toward heaven. you got to look to the place where God's doing things, and you got to invest in that. Put your treasure in heaven, not on earth. But that's not the only choice he gives us, is it? He actually, he begins with heaven and earth. He says, hey, do you, do you want to go to earth, or do you want to go to heaven with your treasure? And then he says, hey, I, I want to tell you about your vision, I want you to see clearly. Can you see? Because if you see clearly, then, then this choice is easy. Pick up with, with Jesus in verse 22. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Now, this is kind of weird. It took me years to try and figure this one out. You see, in the ancient world where Jesus is, uh, there's this idea that, that your eye is the object through which light passes, which is still true, right? Uh, but the idea was, does the light come from within you out, or does the light come from out in? And, and Jesus is saying, hey, no, the light goes from within out. And notice what he says about the healthy eye versus the non-healthy one, the sick one. He says, if your eyes are unhealthy, if you have sick eyes, if you're not seeing well, your whole body is full of darkness. 
If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? But he says, if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. When Jesus is talking about healthy and unhealthy here, he's, he's talking about your capacity for generosity. Healthy here means Do you have a generous spirit where the light within you is poured out of you? Or do you have a stingy spirit where everything you get is yours and you're not willing to share it and you don't don't want anybody else to have it. it? It is yours. This is about you. First and foremost, he said, do you, do you have a healthy eye? Can you see clearly? Or do you have a generous spirit? Are you willing to give regularly? Or, or do you have a stingy spirit, an unhealthy eye? And he, 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 he does this crazy thing. He, he draws together the soul of a person and how dark you are if you are a stingy person. He takes your treasure and he says, hey, if you're still hanging out on this post and there's a tether tied to your life about how far you can say yes to Jesus, he says, man, that's a soul that's pretty dark because there's no light behind it. And the choice is yours. That's the crazy thing about it. He says, I'm not going to tell you what you have to do. I'm going to guide you to what you should do. But you have to make the decision. Are you going to be tied to the post of your finances forever? Or are you going to say yes to Jesus? Look at the third thing that Jesus says. It's, that it's a third set of choice that he makes. This third thing that he says in regards to our treasure about our money, this obstacle, this tether that holds us back from saying yes to Jesus. He says, verse 24, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. He says, either you're going to love the one or hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Now, Here's the choice. You cannot serve both God and money. What's it going to be? You're going to serve God, you're going to serve money. You see, you got to pick one. You can't have both. You got to pick one, not both. You see, a clarifying verse comes in verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Uh, Jesus is saying, hey, your heart has a magnet on it, and wherever you decide your treasure is, your heart is going to go there. And he says it straight up. He says, is your heart, is your treasure with God, or is it with your money? You see, there's two ways of life that you have to choose here. There's a decision to be made. And the result of the first decision, if you say, you know what, I'm going I'm to roll the dice. I'm going to eat, sleep, and uh, be merry. I- I'm going to spend all that I get, get all that I can, right? I- I- I'm going to spend it on myself. I'm going to gather up this treasure. It's going to be on earth. I'm going to have lots of great things. That's That's one choice that you can make. But the result of that, the result of that choice, Jesus begins to say, is a fragmented life that's filled with anxiety. 
It's a fragmented life that's filled with anxiety. See, if, you had, if we had time to open up all of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5 through chapter 7, uh, Jesus' whole purpose in preaching that is to say, hey, there is a way in which you and I can be whole. We can be complete people. We can have fulfillment in our life. That we can be a whole person, and this is part of it. And so if you choose to go with earth, if you choose to have a stingy eye, if you choose to say, I'm going to have a master, I'm going to have a Lord over me that is my money, then you need to know right now that the result of that choice is a fragmented life that's filled with anxiety. I know it's filled with anxiety because actually in verse 25, really through the end of the chapter, uh, Jesus is going to say, hey, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't have anxiety about this. Don't have worry about your clothes. Don't have worry about your houses. Don't have, don't have worry about the food and the, and the stuff. Don't worry about that stuff. Why? Because, because you have put your treasure in the right place. But if you don't, and you can anticipate a result that says, my life is never going to be as whole as I thought it would be. And you're never going to go any further than the pole will allow you. I saw a quote this, this week. And he was really talking about saying yes to Jesus in, in the words of kingdom vision. And he said something to this effect. He said, if we, if, the, if Jesus' kingdom vision for our life, if saying yes to Jesus is what he was saying, if Jesus' kingdom vision doesn't reshape how we approach our money and our possessions, then we have no kingdom vision. If we think, is what he's saying, if we think that we can say yes fully and finally to Jesus without giving him our money first, then we haven't said yes to Jesus yet. There is a result if you say yes to the earth, if you say yes to a stingy eye, if you say yes to your money before you say yes to Jesus. And that's a fragmented, anxiety-filled life. But Jesus gave us another choice, didn't he? He said, choose heaven. That's the place where nothing ever wears out. Choose God. And the result of that, if you, if you walk down through this chapter, in chapter 6, he says it. He says, I want to, you to know the result of choosing Jesus first of putting your treasure with Jesus first. Notice what he says, verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. All those things that you think you need, all the anxieties uh, that you worry about, Jesus knows that you need them. Uh, there's a provision there. Verse 33, he goes on in 34. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. There's a word that, that really caught me as I read through this this week. It's the word first. In verse 33, he says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that Jesus has to go first. 
You know why Jesus has to go first? Because if we are to live and embody Jesus' kingdom and Jesus' righteousness, that means we have, to, we have to proceed in life like Jesus. So let's evaluate really quickly what Jesus did. Jesus put you first, didn't he? Jesus came from heaven to earth, and in doing so, he put you first. When Jesus was here, he lived so that he would die, so that he could put you first. When Jesus resurrected, he did so as the first fruits of those who would enjoy a bodily resurrection, and in doing so, he put you first. When Jesus ascended, he is there at the right hand of God the Father right now, waiting to put you first. So if Jesus himself, in talking about our treasure and where our heart belongs, and this, this uh, tether that exists between him and us and our ability to say yes to him, and he says, seek first his kingdom, that he is saying this. He is saying this. You have to put him first. So I'm going to say this. In the context of all that Jesus is talking about with our treasure, if you can't give to Jesus first, then Jesus isn't first for you. If you can't give to Jesus first, then Jesus isn't first for you. You're still tied to the post. You're still hanging back. You haven't yet said yes. In the Old Testament, there was this thing. It was called the tithe. It's not something that we see in the New Testament. I understand that. But for all the people of Israel, all of God's people, it was a starting place. You see, a tithe was 10% of all that they had, their possessions, their money. And it was for God's people to give. And here's the greatest part. A tithe was to be given first. It was to be given before anything else. It was to be the starting point of their devotion to who God is. Now, some of you are still thinking this is about money. It involves your money, but it's really about you. Jesus is trying to say, I want to remove for you any obstacles and tethers in your life that keep you from me. And one of the big, biggest obstacles for all of us is our money. Can I ask you a question? Are you more willing to give Jesus your sins than you are willing to give him your money? Are you more willing to give Jesus your burdens and your heartaches and the things in your family and the things that aren't going right? And are you willing to give him all of that but not willing to give him your money? Jesus said, that's an obstacle. If you can't give to Jesus first, then Jesus isn't first for you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to say yes to Jesus by giving to him first. 
You see, the average church attender in America, they will give, but they'll give after. After everything else is done, after the mortgage has been paid, after the toys have been paid for, after they've paid for the luxury items in their home, after. And I think the radical thing that Jesus is asking for us is to say before. Because Jesus wasn't just interested in people coming to church. Jesus was interested in people who were willing to follow him. And he said, I want first. So church, I'm going to ask you to give first, not last. And that you would start with a tithe. That you would start with 10%. And say, I am going to give first. And just so that you know, so that you don't think, anything weird about me. We give a tithe. We give a tithe. We have from the very moment that we were married. Jolyn and I have just said, we are gonna do everything in our power to try and make sure that our lives and our yes to Jesus isn't tethered by a pole. We wanna be set free. So I'm not asking you to do something. I'm not challenging you into something that we're not willing to live ourselves. We give first. And I'm asking you to do the same. Why? Because your money, your money gang, can be an obstacle to your yes to Jesus. And we gotta put our treasure in the right place. Let's pray. Gracious God, I, I pray that, that your words have been heard. And Lord, if there's anything that, uh, that is not from you, Lord, I pray that that would be erased from anybody's memory. But I pray that if it is from you, Lord, and that as you have spoken, and Lord, if there was something consistent with your word, Lord, I pray that we will not rest I pray that we could not have peace. I pray that the rocks in our shoes would not go away until such a time that we have said we are going to say yes, that we'll follow the obligation of what it means to be your followers. Lord, I pray that we would give. I pray that we would tell our money where it can go. that my money doesn't have me, but you do. Lord, be Lord over all of us. And may all of us choose this morning to make you master and not our money. I love you, Lord. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.